0: If you enjoy mining for gold and silver out of God's holy word, you're going to love A Sheep Speaks with Denise Jeter. A Sheep Speaks combines great Bible truth you might not hear anywhere else with nuts and bolts testimonies of how these truths can be applied to your life. A Sheep Speaks with Denise Jeter starts now. Good morning. We're going to be talking about the demon-possessed son that was healed this morning. And also we'll talk about faith to get your other prayers answered as well. We're going to see how God works to, hear the de- to heal i should say the demon-possessed and how you too can get your prayers answered. You know, one of the greatest gifts the Lord has given to you and I is also one of the most neglected gifts. That is the gift of prayer. To, to neglect prayer is to shut up a fountain of blessing at the time when you need it most. We're going to be looking at our text this morning, which is out of Second Samuel 7.27. And this is David speaking. And he says, talking to the Lord, he says, For thou, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, has revealed to thy servant, saying, I will build thee an house. Therefore, hath thy servant found it in his heart to pray this prayer unto thee. And so David goes on to pray that the house of of thy servant, which is his self, David, will continue and and it will also be blessed. So what David's saying here, he's saying, because of what you have shown me, that's the reason that I have it in me to pray this prayer back to you. You know, Charles Spurgeon said one time that we should pray to the Lord that he would do as thou has said. We can pray his word back to him. If you have a promise, in the word of God that God has given you, you can go to the Lord and pray it back to him. As a matter of fact, there's one scripture that says he's given them all these promises, the children of Israel, but he says to them, but I must be inquired for these things. So even though God has promised it to the children of Israel, he is telling them that they must bring that promise back to him in prayer. And that's what we're talking about today. One of the things is how do we obtain faith to pray? You know, it takes faith to pray, and it definitely takes faith to get your prayers answered. And we will see that in the story of the demon-possessed son, as well as other examples this morning. And our first example is out of Romans 10:17, and it says, So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So, in other words, listening to. And reading the word of God is the way you obtain faith. I heard one man put it this way. I believe it was one of the Puritans. He said, just as you have to go into the ocean to get a fish, you have to go into the word of God and to faith in order to get your promises answered. So in other words, there's no other way. You can't catch a fish on dry land and you can't get your promises your uh promises answered, your prayers answered, except you have faith. And the only way you can get faith is to get into the Word of God, whether it's by listening to the Word of God or reading the Word of God, hopefully both. And so that is one of the ways, that is the main way, actually that is the only way you can get your prayers answered. And we see in Luke 11, verse 1, where Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray. And in that teaching his disciples to pray, he is also teaching us to pray. And it says, and it came to pass that as he, which means Jesus, was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So we can ask the Lord to teach us to pray and to pray through us. The word says he ever liveth to make intercession for us. So God has not left you here as orphans. He has not left us here as orphans. He said, if I go away, I will send the comforter, and he will come unto you. But then he also says, I am constantly forever at the right hand of my Father interceding for you. So we have the Holy Spirit to help us here on earth. We have Jesus interceding for us at the right hand of the Father. And we have the Father who is willing to answer the prayers of his son and to answer our prayers if we pray according to his will. And so then in Luke eleven uh, two, as Jesus is answering them according to what their request is, he says, and he said unto them, when you pray, say, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So there's a lot in that prayer. You know, the first thing he says, he wants us to call God our Father. If we are born again Christians, God is our Father. And when we come to him, we can come to him as his children and ask and expect to get our prayers answered. And then the next thing that he, uh, in, instructs them to do is to pray thy will be done because we know God's will is perfect and he means us only good. He's for us and not against us. And we know if we pray against his will, our prayers will not be answered. And so we need to know, we need to pray our prayers. And then we, just like Jesus prayed in the garden, he said, Oh Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me nevertheless. Thy will be done and not mine Because we don't see the end from the beginning Like he does And so uh, we can trust him That he knows what's best So we can make our petitions And then we can say However, Lord, if my uh, petition Goes against your will Your will be done rather than mine Amen And then he says As it is so in, in heaven So in the earth So he's asking the Lord to bring heaven down And let that be what's done in the earth And he says, give us day by day our daily bread. And when I pray this, I believe this means our physical bread, you know, our uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich or our hamburger, whatever we're going to eat. But I also believe this means our spiritual bread, because the word of God, you know, the Lord said one time, he said, unless you eat and drink of my body and, and eat of my body and drink of my blood, you shall have no part with me. And so I believe this means our spiritual bread as well as our physical bread. And, uh, and then he says, he, tell, he instructs us that we are to forgive those uh, if we want to be forgiven. And then he asks, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. How many know in this wicked world, whether it's commercials on television, whether it's billboards as you drive down the freeway, it doesn't matter how holy you try to make your house You know, you could throw out your television set. You can do all these things, but you cannot be separated from the evil that is around you. So that is why the Lord says for us to pray this way. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for there's evil all around us. And as Jeremiah says, there's evil in our heart. He said that our heart is... uh, deceitful and wicked above all things who can know it. And so we need to ask the Lord every day to deliver us from evil because we are surrounded by evil. And when should we pray? The next question would be, and we know what the word of God says. We know that we should pray always. Now, does that mean you have to be down on your hands and knees 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Of course not. We all have to work or go to school or eat our meals, but it's being in a spirit of prayer in your mind. Having this, um, I like to look at it as when you used to sift flour, if any of you know, remember that back in the day, they used to sift flour through a sifter. And uh, and I like to think of that in a way as a how we pray. We, our mind should be so full of the Word of God that when any words come to us, whether it be through television or social media or through people that we're around, it, we should sift those words through the word of God to see if we should accept them or reject them. And so we should be in a spirit of prayer always. And in James five, thirteen through 15, it says, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. No, it doesn't say the prayer of faith might save the sick. No, it says the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, They shall be forgiven him. So there is not ever a time that we should should not pray. You know, there's a song that says, Oh, what peace we often forfeit, and oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And this is so true. You know, I know Jeff Easter, he's a Southern gospel singer, in case any of you don't know. And I've heard him say many times that his dad told him, don't do anything except you pray first. They work on cars and buses a lot, and they do different things. But that's so true. You get on the computer, and you're trying to fill out an application, or, or you get, uh, you know, your, your water's not running correctly, and you're trying to tinker with that and get it to be fixed. Don't do anything except you pray first. That is such a good word. And uh, we need to be obedient to that word and, and know that we need to pray. If we want things to go well for us, we need to pray. And we need to look at what are some of the benefits of prayer. And in Mark eleven twenty three through 24, this is Jesus speaking again. It says, For verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say, Unto this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. And we see in verse 24, it says, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And, you know, not everything we pray for is good for us. Now, we're going to have what we pray for as long as it's according to God's will and as long as it's according to his plan. I heard a man one time giving a testimony of a vision he had had, and uh, it was a pastor, and he said that in his dream, I believe it was a dream, he, he saw this man walking into this room full of people with this beautiful box of chocolate candy, And it was just glowing, you know, in his dream. It was like this box was so desirable, it was glowing. And everyone in the room wanted that box, and they were hoping this man would give it to them. And the man walked over to a lady who was sitting on the couch, and he put it in her lap. And she looked down at it, and then she looked back up at him, and she looked so sad. And uh, everyone wondered, why was this lady sad at, at this box of candy that everybody in the room was wanting? And she said, "Uh, I'm a diabetic and I can't have candy. So even though that thing was very uh, beautiful and very wanted and and sought after by everyone in the room, it wasn't good for that lady. And sometimes what we pray, if it's not according to God's will, it's not good for us. I know one time I prayed. I did not want to ever come back to my hometown because of certain reasons that were going on in my life. I thought, no, I'll never go back there. And I would move several times, different times, and every time I would think, well, as long as I don't have to go back to this city I lived in. And uh, sure enough, eventually I did have to go back to that city, but I did not want to. But that was where the Lord blessed me. That was where he blessed my ministry. That was where he blessed my life. And so the whole time I was praying against, what God wanted to use to bless me. I, it looked like a curse to me and like just chocolate candy, you know, everyone wanted it. Everyone was uh, desiring it, coveting it, if you want to say that, but it wasn't good for some people. And, and so we, and my point being, we don't know what's best for us and we have to trust the Lord. He says in one place, lean not to your own understanding But in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. And he can direct it because he knows the end from the beginning. There's a scripture, I think, all throughout Psalms 139. It says that he knows the words on our tongue before they're ever even formed on our tongue. He knows our days. He knows our days are numbered before we were ever conceived in our mother's womb our days were already numbered he told jeremiah you know he said uh, i've ordained thee a prophet and he knew his name before he was conceived and he knew what he was going to do with his life before he was conceived in his mother's womb and you know god is no respecter of persons if he knew jeremiah's name Before he was conceived, he knew your name, my friend, before you were conceived. Maybe you're adopted. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe all sorts of things have happened to you. God knew your name. He knew the number of your days. And he knew what he created you for and the beautiful purpose he has for your life. Also in Jeremiah, I believe it's 2911, he says that he has created us for a purpose. You know, that he doesn't have evil toward us, but he has good toward us. And so we need to, no matter what we've been through in life, no matter how many hard knocks we've taken, we need to know that God loves us. He created us. He formed us exactly like we are. And he did that for a purposeful reason. And if we seek him with all our heart, we shall find him. And he will reveal that purpose to us. You know, he created us exactly the way we were supposed to be. Uh, There's a lot of uh, talk going around these days that God made a mistake or he didn't create someone correctly. That is not true, my friend. He created you to be exactly who you are. He knew your name before you were conceived. It doesn't matter how many times you've changed your name. He already knew. And so God is your friend and not your foe. Amen. Amen. And then once again, we say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things. Everything you need in this life will be added unto you. If you are seeking God's kingdom, you will ask according to his will. You know, we might go out there and ask all these things like me. I asked not to come back to this city, but that wasn't according to God's will. So he didn't answer that prayer. And I'm glad he didn't. You know, in hindsight, we can look back and say, you know, God knew what he was doing. Amen. He surely did. And we see in James 5, 16 through 18, it says, Confess your one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. So when you pray for someone else to get healed, the Lord says, that's going to bring your healing to pass. And then this is a beautiful sentence that you should memorize or put on your refrigerator. It's James 5, 6, the end of the uh, verse. It says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That means if you are fervent, that word means heat. If you are really fervent in your prayer and you are a righteous man, and by the way, you're not righteous because of your own righteousness, you're righteous because of God's righteousness and what he did on the cross. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags, so we don't depend on our righteousness. We wouldn't get anywhere doing that. We depend on God's righteousness and what he did for us on the cross. And it says in verse 17, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. So once again, God is no respecter of persons. If he did that for Elijah, he will do it for you. And Elijah knew what to pray because he was close to the Lord, and the Holy Spirit told him what to pray. So he knew he was praying according to God's will. So uh, like I said, it's not our righteousness we're depending on. It's God's righteousness. And what if we do not have enough faith to pray and believe the Lord for an answer? Then what are we going to do? Well, we see in the story of the demoniac, like we were talking about earlier, we we are given instructions what we should do in that case. And in Mark 9, 17 through 24, the man who had the demon-possessed son, and he brought his son to the disciples. And we'll see in our scriptures that the disciples couldn't do anything about it. Although they had cast out demons before, but this was obviously a special case. So we start reading in verse 17, Mark 9:17. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. That's the same as a demon spirit. And, whether, and wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Now, I'm sure the disciples were perplexed at the fact that they could not cast this demon out since they had done this many times before. And it says in verse 19, and he answered him and saith, O faceless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Now, there's the first instruction. When you have a wayward child, when you have a an issue that no one seems to be able to fix or help, God says, bring him unto me. Bring that situation to the Lord and lay it at his feet and intercede and pray. And that's what they did. That's what he did. In verse 20, it says, and they brought him unto him. In other words, the father brought the demon-possessed son unto Jesus. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. And he asked, this is Jesus, and he asked this father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. Yes, of a child. So God is telling us right here, these things can come upon our children when they're young. We don't know how. We don't know how this demon Managed to go upon this kid when he was a child. And really, we don't need to know if we know the master, if we know the one who can deliver him. And so Jesus said unto him in verse 23, thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believeth. So so actually, I skipped verse 22. Let's go back. It says, and oftentimes it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So the father is saying to Jesus, if you can do anything, please help us. And so Jesus flips that around in verse 24 and verse 23 and says, if you can believe, all things are possible. In other words, Jesus is saying, it's not whether I can do it or not. It's whether you can believe for it or not. If thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And there's our there's our answer right there. What can we do when we do not have enough faith to pray and believe the Lord for an answer? Our answer is in Mark nine twenty four. He says the father cried out and said with tears lord i believe in other words he was saying i believe the best i can help thou mine unbelief in other words he was saying i believe but if there's any unbelief in me please help my unbelief because i have to have the answer to this prayer and we can pray the same thing if you are needing god to do something for you and and the lord is uh, needing you to have the faith to believe for it, you can come to the Lord yourself and you can say, "Father, I believe, but if there's any belief in my unbelief in my heart, help my unbelief, and God will do that. He did it for this man, and he'll do it for you. Amen. So he was asking Jesus to give him the faith he needed. If there is ever a good time not is there ever a good time not to pray? The answer is no, just like this man prayed for his son and God helped his unbelief and he got his answer and he had his son delivered back to him in his right mind. And, uh, you know, and and he was uh, ever so blessed because he had been going through this for years and years. If you have a prayer that hasn't been answered and you've been praying it for years and years, go back to the Lord and say, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, help me see your will in this thing and know exactly how to pray, Lord, intercede for me, and he will answer your prayer. Now, he may not answer it the way you think it needs to be answered, just like he didn't answer my prayer to not allow me to come back to this certain city I didn't want to come back to. But he's going to answer your prayer, and he promises in his word that he will. So there's never a good time not to pray. And in 1 Thessalonians 5:17 through 18, it says... <clears throat> Pray without ceasing. In other words, pray always. Be in a spirit of prayer 24 hours a day. When you're sleeping, when you're eating, when you're rising up, when you're sitting down, pray without ceasing. And we've already talked about that. We don't, that doesn't mean we stay on our knees 24 hours a day. It means we stay in the spirit of prayer. Always asking God, Lord, is this of you? What do you think about this? Was this what my friend told me? Is that right? Or is it go against your word? So we pray without ceasing. And then it says in verse 18, we're in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 through 18. And in verse 18, it says, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So sometimes we have to give thanks in the hard, thanks in the hard situation. You know, Elizabeth Elliot lost her first husband. Uh, he was a missionary, and they speared him to death. But you know, she had to come to a place. Eventually, where she saw that because God is sovereign over everything, that that was part of God's plan and part of God's will. And, you know, when a Christian gets killed, they're just being promoted to heaven. I know that sounds hard to swallow sometimes, but it's the truth. And because of all those things that happened to Jim Elliot, Elizabeth Elliot wrote many, many books that have helped millions and millions of people. Uh, I have thanked God with tears for her ministry because of how much it has ministered to me. I encourage you, if you don't know who Elizabeth Elliot is, to Google her and find some of her teachings. I'm sure they will be a great blessing to you. And he will use us right where we are. We need to give thanks in everything For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And no matter where you are, you may think you're in a horrible situation. And how could God use me in this horrible place I'm at? But he can use you right where you are. And in John 6, 67 through 69, it talks about the fact uh, that can we give up when things are getting hard? It says, then Jesus said unto the twelve, because some of the disciples were going away, some of the people, because of the hard sayings of Jesus, like I mentioned earlier, he said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Well, these were hard sayings. And so a lot of people turned, it said, and went away from the Lord. But he's asking his disciples, are you going to go away? So then Jesus said unto the twelve, will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. So Jesus is the only way. He says he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me, says Jesus. And then in verse 69 it says, And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, we can't give up on him because he won't give up on us. And he is the only way to get to heaven. He's the only truth. He's the only one that has shed innocent blood. You know, it says there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. And the shedding of blood's not going to do anybody any good unless it was sinless blood. And no one has ever had sinless blood except Jesus Christ. That is why none of these other religions can cover your sin and get you to heaven. And so, once again as usual, we're going to drop down into uh, Apples of Gold, a devotional in rhyme, and we always read a poem out of that book to go along with our study. And today's poem is going to be out of July the 25th, out of Apples of Gold, a devotional in rhyme, and it reads like this. It's out of Mark 20, uh, Mark 9:23, and it says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. You must believe the Lord no matter what you see, for believing is receiving. This word tells you and me. All things are possible when in him we trust. In In order to receive his promise, trust in him you must. Amen. That's our poem for today. And I want to encourage you, if any of this has blessed you, it would really help me out if you would like, follow, and share this audio. I would really appreciate it if you would do that. also, you can go to my website at www.asheepspeaks.org. That's www.asheepspeaks.org. And you can find links to our face page, our YouTube channel, and all of my contact information. Uh, You can find the book also through my contact information, or it is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And uh, I encourage you to go there. Uh, And also, I'm available to sing, to speak, or to uh, minister in gospel storytelling. I'm here every Tuesday and Thursday at 11 a.m., And so I invite you to be back here and join me on Thursday at 11 for our next message. And don't forget, the website is www.asheepspeaks.org. And once again, please follow, like, and share. Follow, like, and share this program if it is ministered to you. I appreciate you stopping by and look forward to seeing you Thursday.